And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And today we are talking about the first episode of season four of Supernatural titled Lazarus Rising. Jamie, I'm so anxious to ask you, what did you think? <laughs> so I, I will just say to start up, I was very tempted to do my intro bit either at an inhumanly loud level <laughs> or like really deep. And then I decided to do neither. So you should applaud my self-control. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for your restraint. I like having my light globes intact. But also I think that's very cascoded of me. So <laughs> what did you think? I've been dying to get to this point since we started this podcast. Okay, I don't know where to start. Maybe maybe we should start with the gay angel. That's what you're yes. really excited for. We get like none of him. Like he's not in a lot of this episode. No, he's not. But the bit that he's in is excellent and I love him so much. I'm so happy that he's finally here. Okay, okay, first impressions. Tell me everything. I think I like him. Okay, good. He seems cool. He does. And also, like, not aware of Jack shit all, which is, like, perfect combination. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, I don't know. I just expected, like, more. Like, everyone's like, just wait till you get, like, you're going to meet the gay angel. Like, it's going to be great. Like. Yeah. You, and then, like, yeah, like, we get him for, like, five minutes. We learn nothing. Well, that's not true. We learn he's a fucking drama queen. <laughs> like, let me tell you, that shit doesn't happen when they just walk through doors. He did that because he's showing off. <laughs> we don't know that, though. Well, now you do. <laughs> it's not plot relevant, so I can tell you. He's being a drama queen. All the shit with the flappy ceiling and the double doors and the lights exploding, he is being a dramatic shit. <laughs> Okay, that does make me like him more. <laughs> All of that, he has control over. Like, there is no... It's not... He's doing that because he's... No, drama. he's not doing that. The writers and producers decided <laughs> to do that to signify that he has an insane amount of power. And then it translates to he is doing that on purpose. For the drama. For the drama. Of yeah. it. Like, they didn't... This is a character choice they did not think through. Yes. And I, I, I love it. I love it. It's so fun. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about the scene. So okay, they're in yep. the barn. Mm-hmm. We're fuck the rest of this episode. And it's the handprint, the handprint, the handprint, the handprint, the handprint, okay. the handprint. I heard of the handprint. Iconic. Okay. Mm. Well, that's the start of the episode, I guess. Look, but we're, we're talking about Cass. We're Cass talking related. about Cass. We love Cass. Not to delirate you for a second, but the when they're with the psychic and they're doing the Pam? yeah yeah and they're doing the seance, trying to like uh-huh. get. Has to show his face so they yeah. can work out what they're dealing with, right? She grabs like his ass up a leg. I understand that that's not where they canonically chose to have Cass grab him out from, but imagine if they had <laughs> from the ass. They just like, grabbed him by the ass. We'll we'll come back to that. Speaking of him showing off the wings, yes. How did you feel about the choice in how they show wings? Surprisingly good. Excellent, because this is how they continue to okay. show wings. Yes. Sort of as a shadow void sort of like. Yeah. They're not in, they're not of this dimension. Yeah. So the only way you can perceive them is as like a shadow kind of thing. Like Dean's very special space chamber in hell with all the chains. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Not of this dimension. Yeah. Not of this dimension. I am beyond glad that they didn't try to do some kind of fucking feathered thing. I think that the choice to just have them as like this ethereal thing is do it through set and lighting versus special effects yes and well i mean it is a special effect in and of itself yeah but but 
It's so effective. I'm yeah. so glad this is the choice. You know what I mean? Like, they could have done actual, literal wings. Yeah, and I'm so glad. And they, they would have been bad special effects. You can almost guarantee yeah. because they do not have the time nor the budget to make them any good. Yeah. Like, I love so much that that is the route that they went. And this is not the only time that we get a shot of wings of that sort of, like, nature, like yeah. that, that particular use. And you can actually track things through Angel's wings through the seasons, like the state of the wings and stuff. It's very cool. Oh, it's like Dean in the car. Yes, 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 yes. Like if baby is dirty, you know that Dean's in a bad state. Similar, yeah. So like Like if, if Cass has got lovely, majestic, massive wings, he's great. He's thriving, he's doing his thing. But if they're kinda like tatty and disturbed and falling like, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Problems. Exactly. Oh, love that. We're sharing the brain cell. Okay. This is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But I love that when Dean finds out that that was Cass trying to speak to him, his immediate response is, buddy, next time lower the volume. I think that's hilarious. I'm like, you've just met a literal angel of the Lord, the most powerful thing you've ever interacted with, and you've immediately called him A, buddy, and B, given him a direction. I also think it's hilarious that Dean, like, Cass is like, I thought you would be special and be able to understand me, which is just... Do we ever meet anyone ever who's special and can understand angels? Mm, yes and no. Like, it's it's not that straightforward. Okay. But, like, could theoretically anyone have understood Cass when he was speaking to Dean? Yes. So that's why he says, like, certain people, special people. Yeah. You know, I thought you would have been one of them. Yeah. So, yes, but it's not, it's not like, as straightforward as, as that. I, I don't want to take over this conversation. I really want to let you talk, but I'm just dying over here. Say I what have... you need to say, and then I'll jump in with what I can jump in with. And Okay. so You, you seem to be full of energy, and I'll let you get that out. It's not going to end. <laughs> it's not going to end. I adore this episode. I really, really do, for a lot of reasons. First, obviously, obviously we get Cass, but... I mean, there's a reason that he stopped the show from tanking and getting cancelled. Yeah, literally. So, okay. We get the iconic line, I'm the one who gripped you tight and raised you from perdition. Yeah, I say that a lot. I don't know what any of it fucking means, but I know you're saying it. That's that's what... Yeah. This is where it comes from. We have the handprint, obviously, which is just like, ugh. Like, that handprint is going to stay relevant fucking forever. I love that Dean's immediate reaction to Cass being like, I'm the one who raised you from hell. He's like, thanks, immediately stabs him in the chest. This is giving me Sophie and Nate shooting each other energy. Yes, but (laughs) also get Cass telling Dean that his problem is that he has no faith, which, oof. Would you like to comment on anything to do with that? I mean, we've established he has no faith. It would be really fun. I don't think they're going to do this, but it'd be really fun if, like, you know how I was having, like, a theory about, like, Mary, like, doing a deal with, like, the Azazel or whatever? Uh And instead of doing a deal with Azazel, she did a deal with Castiel. (laughs) And then, you know how, like, there's the whole, like, reoccurring thing of, like, angels are watching over you, Dean? Yeah. It's not angels, it's fucking Cass. No, that's it. Mary's God now. Mary's God now. Yeah, Mary's God now. She's in heaven. No, that's and a when, theory. And when Dean's like, why did you pull me out? She's like, he's like, because God commanded it. It's Mary. Ooh, love that. Jot that down. Keep that for later. The other stuff about this that I love is obviously we get the line, good things do happen, Dean. And he's like, not in my experience. I just like... That seems sus. 
Yeah, literally. Like, happiness, haven't heard of her. Yeah, literally. And, okay, this... This Ooh. goes back to the, like, uh, Joe and Ellen aren't there because they're actually enjoying their life. Mm-hmm. They're outside of the Winchester radius. Yeah. Another thing that I adore is that Cass immediately just, like, rifles through John's journal. Like, he just is helping himself to all of their shit. This is something that will continue. There's just, there's this one particular scene, I think it's in, like, season eight, where Dean is, like, sitting there and Cass is just helping himself to Dean's, like, wash bag. He's, like, playing with his toothbrush and whatever. Like, it's just, he just lets himself into all of Dean's shit and just, like, fucking around with it. Very fun. I love that. I also love the line. Now, do you remember in 310? I spent that entire episode being like, this is a helpful tool that'll come in handy later. You do that a lot, so no, I don't remember specifically because okay. that's bringing at least two dozen occasions of that to mind. That episode in particular, there were like a whole bunch. One of them that I brought up was when Sam was drunk at the start of that episode and he's basically, he's pissed off and he's like, Dean, you act like you don't even want to be saved. And we know that that's not true. We know that Dean doesn't want to go to hell, mm. right? He wants to be saved. Cass says in this episode, he fucking reads him for filth. He looks him dead in the eye with his little squint way up in his personal space. And he goes, you don't think you deserve to be saved. And that's the fucking kicker. It's not that Dean doesn't want to be saved. He doesn't think he deserves it. And you can see it. Like you see after Cass says that and it's so fucking earnest and he's like squinty and he's like looking into his fucking soul. Oh yeah. I did actually make a note of that about how Cass just looks straight through him. Yeah. Like absolutely straight through his fucking being. And then you get the reaction shot on Dean and he's just like, he like swallows and like, you just know that. Yeah. He's absolutely nailed it. Like, that is exactly what it is. He doesn't think he deserves. Like, good things do happen, but not to me. Like, that's his whole shtick. And Cass is just absolutely seen through it immediately. And I adore it. And I love that it comes off of this thing where Sam was so close to the point. He was so close to the point, but just not quite. And then Cass is like, absolutely nails it. After, like, 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah. And it's... absolutely just on a different level i will say that i'm very disappointed in one aspect of this episode when bobby goes i know a psychic near here why didn't they make it missouri it i ha- miss her i saw her once and now i miss her yeah i do love pam though yeah i love pamela she's very fun yeah uh, so we- it's a really nice fun take on a psychic but also like i want missouri like i'm sorry yeah. Pam. like you're not you're not it yeah it would missouri been- it would have been cool to have Missouri back. It would have been really fun. Although uh, we would have then have to watch Missouri get her eyes burned out, which I wouldn't have loved. No. It sucks that it happened to Pam. But I do think that, that that like concept of their eyes burning out becomes quite constant, like consistent mm. for angels. Like often if you find – it's like basically – If, if they, you look at an angel in its true form, unless you're like special – your yeah. eyes burn out. Like, that's... Pretty much. But also, um, if they smite something, like, if they smite a demon or something, the eyes burning is, like, yeah. the the sim- symbolicness, I guess, like, yeah. of the smiting. But also, like, to be fair, Cass did try to warn her. He did. And she was like, bitch, I don't scare. And he was so- like, you should. <laughs> Please don't look at me. <laughs> okay. But, yes, I, I'm fucking pumped. And... Look, you're right. We don't get, like, a whole hell of a lot from Cass. Like, we do, but we don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is only in, like, the last five, ten minutes. 
But we do get some excellent establishing points, which I really love. Like, I love that he is so... Like, Bobby full-on comes at him with a crowbar, and he's like, whatever, puts Bobby straight to sleep. He's like, hello, Dean. You know, like, no... (laughs) Blinking, no nothing. Dean fucking stabs him in the chest. He's like, all right, pulls that out. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> like, he's so stoic, you know. It's like, okay, hear me out. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're, like, obsessed with a TV show? Like, Kaz is the viewer. Like, he's watched Dean do some shit. He's like, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, regardless of what this dude's going to do, it's like your favorite character. You're like, I still like them. Yeah. <laughs> They just stabbed me in the heart with some shit they just did. But, like, I still like Are it. you saying that Cass is a Dean apologist? <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then he's like, oh, Bobby. I, Bobby's not my favorite. He can just go to sleep. I just want to talk to Dean right now. Like, it's... it's And this is quite funny. So, from this point on, it's episodes before Cass talks to anyone that isn't Dean. <laughs> like, he's shy. It's episodes. Like, if Bobby hadn't been in this episode... They could probably theoretically have said Dean's just hallucinating this fucking dude. <laughs> like, because no one else sees him for, I think, at least the first, like, at least the first five or six episodes. Like, they're just taking Dean's word on it. It's very funny. But yes, I love, I love Cass so, 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 so much. I am thrilled. We're finally here. Oh, I want to make a quick point. Um, The date of the episode when Dean looks at the newspaper is Thursday, September 18th, 2008. So that's Cass's, like, unofficial birthday, kind of. There was, like, some recent discourse in fandom, or at least in, like, my part of fandom, where people were arguing over what Cass's birthday should be. I don't know, man. I I just take it as this date, because it's the date they literally give us of him being introduced. I would also like to point out, as a bit of fandom trivia, the first ever Destiel fic was written within the hour of this episode airing. And I just want you to know that. Some people are quicker to adopt Glorboys than others. (laughs) Yeah, like, they were right on it. They were like, oh, I see something here. They were like, that boy just got read for filth and I love it. (laughs) I'm going to shut up for a minute. Is there anything that you would like to bring up about this episode? Literally, I'm just going to point out that I have three notes about Cass. That's it. Okay, three three notes. Gay Angel has arrived. Uh-huh. Stabbing is a way of saying hello. Yeah. Well, he just, like, looks right through Dean, doesn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, that pretty much sums it up. Oh, I will say it's really weird that Sam, like, decided not to go with the hunter's funeral for Dean. Yes. Because, like, specifically, uh, bloody Bobby's like, no, we were... I, I suggested we do the standard, like, salt and burn. Yeah, and Dean is confused as well. Yeah. He's like, why the fuck was I under the ground? Why do I still have a meat suit? Like... Yeah, literally. I also find it hilarious that Cass, like raised him enough to put him back in his coffin but didn't pull him the rest of the way he was like eh you can do the rest I literally pulled you out of hell you can climb through six feet of dirt oh my god imagine <laughs> okay so imagine this right he pulls him out of perdition he shoves him back into the body uh-huh. right but then Dean dies in his coffin before he can manage <laughs> to make it to the surface I literally thought about this I was like First of all, when he turns on his Does he lighter, just go back to hell? Like, I literally, like, when he flicks on his lighter, I'm like, okay, I understand it, but, like, also way to burn up your oxygen. Yeah. Like, genius, all right? And then he's, like, holding it while he's trying to back... I'm like, if you put your lighter down, you'd have two hands. Yeah. My sweetie baby, you'd have two hands. <laughs> Again, look, Bobby took the brain cells back because he didn't think Dean would need them. And he would have probably been right. Unfortunately for him, he didn't count on angel- angelic intervention. Like, Yeah, yeah. But no, it is honestly a miracle that he didn't immediately die again trying to climb yeah. out. Like, Cass was literally like, I've done enough. 
fix the rest of your own shit. I do kind of want to want to know what would have happened if he had just immediately died again. Like, would he have gone back to hell? Yeah, would he have gone back to hell? Like, I'm assuming probably, yeah, because, like... I don't know. I do th- they still technically own his soul? Like, is soul ownership, like, unconditional? I think... Or is it, like... I think that the idea is, like, in this instance, in this instance, I think the idea is, like, the Dean, like, willingly gave his soul to hell for, like, the demon deal initially, but Cass has just literally stolen it back. So it's theft. So it's, yeah. like... it's Yeah, it's theft, is essentially, essentially. It's like if you stole something from a store, but then you left it in, like, the entryway of the store. Like, technically, you left the store... And a staff member, like, store, picked it back up and put it, put back, it back on, on the, the shelf. shelf. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Imagine if that's what happened, though, and then you've just got all these demons being like, huh, weird. How'd the soul get over here? I think that if Dean was to die immediately in that coffin, be crushed to death by dirt, he probably would have gone to heaven. Ah. That would be my guess. Because you think the soul ownership thing has already has, been fulfilled because he did go to hell. Yeah, and then he, he has been, like, raised from perdition yeah. and given his own, like, autonomy back. Uh, that would be my interpretation, mm. but I would be interested to hear what other people think. Mm. Also, brought up very briefly before, but obviously, like, the handprint is completely iconic. Unfortunately, the handprint, it's really frustrating, because, like, obviously in this episode, like, they yeah. got it there, and it's like a brand, basically. It's, like, raised. It's, yeah. It looks like he's been burnt. It looks like, like a blister. It yeah. looks like a fresh burn, yeah. Yeah. First of all, the placement is really interesting, because if you look at the way that it's, like, shaped on his body... Mm. You would think that if you were, like, to imagine someone grabbing someone by the shoulder and lifting them out of hell, you would imagine them grabbing them, like, from above down, right? Yeah. But that's not the way the hand is. The way that the hand is shaped means that he would have had to be clutched against his chest. Like, Cass's arm would have had to be around his front, holding him flush against his chest to pull him out, rather than reaching down. Which is just I'm sure there's other ways you could get the handprint to look like that. Give me one. I don't know enough about how the handprint is positioned to give you one. <laughs> I have seen thousand word essays about this, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the high ground on this one. But <laughs> um, which is interesting. I am. It is disappointing because they don't keep it. Okay. Because if you imagine, like, they would have had to put it on every single time he had, like, a t-shirt or, like, yeah. for whatever reason had a shirt. So they should never put him in a t-shirt unless it's plot significant. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> I think that I can think of one scene beyond this episode where the actual scar of the handprint itself mm. is visible. I want to say that's that's mid-season four. Okay. So it doesn't go away immediately. But I think between season four and five, they just stop and i don't know if they forgot one day and then they just never put it back on or if they were like okay we're gonna act like it just faded but here's the thing like it actually probably wouldn't be too hard to put back on in about the same place every no because you can literally just make a stencil like it's not yeah no probably not but i just think like for whatever reason at some point it does disappear which is upsetting because i think it's very cool like and also like that burn looks deep like i'm yeah there's no way it naturally no no You would need further you think, angelic intervention. Do you think Dean one day was like, oh, hey, look, I'm kind of self-conscious about this handprint. And then, like, Cass was like, what handprint? And then just, like, <laughs> fixed it for him. I'm assuming no, an angel has just, the power to fucking do that. He's just going home rubbing blistex into yeah. it. Like, <laughs> just full-on aloe vera. Like, Bobby's just splattering it on. But no, yeah, the handprint, obviously, is iconic and important. Shall we talk about Bobby and Sam in this episode? Why are they in this episode? 
I'm just kidding because it definitely feels a bit like the Dean show now, doesn't it? It's like seasons one and two were like the Sam show, mm. right? And then season three was like the Sam show, but Dean gets a moment. And I was like, no, we're just doing the Dean show now. Like we fully pivoted, like, which like, I find it really funny because like, obviously they focus on the fact that like Dean has been raised from hell mm-hmm. and they don't fucking know how. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But also they just like gloss over the fact that now Sam can use his fucking psychic powers to like dissolve demons. Like we'll get into that. That like we will get explanations for this. This is like that's like honestly that's yeah, like a like, teaser. The, the the girl that's that's Ruby. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's Ruby. We find out in this episode. It's also um the actress Genevieve Cortez is actually Jared's now wife. Okay. Yeah. So Jen and Misha both started this season. Yeah. It's it's an interesting dynamic behind the, the yeah. scenes as well as like obviously on screen you've got these two new characters who are just like shifting things up well ruby's yeah. not really a new, new character, character but she's being presented in a new way not gonna lie i do prefer the other actress really i actually prefer jen oh, okay i don't know like particularly why i just do new actress might grow on me over time but like yeah no that i mean look i nothing against the previous actress but yeah. my preference is it's the same with meg yeah like I prefer later iterations of Meg. It might even just be because you, you've had them for longer. Like, whereas, like, yeah. I'm still very much in my, like... You're very early watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How are you feeling about the Sam-Ruby dynamic in general and the Sam, the psychic Sam that's come back to the forefront? I'm sorry, but this does not seem healthy. Like, this oh. does not seem like a healthy dynamic at all. Um, like, I don't think it's supposed to. If I'm, I'm concerned for Sam's well-being. Like, you probably should be. I am. And also, last season, they sort of, like, the reason they gave Ruby for helping the brothers was that she remembered what it was like to be human. Yeah. And, like, the more that I'm seeing of her, the more I'm sort of doubting that. Because mm. it seems like a weird choice to sort of be like, oh, well, I'm just, like, benevolent and trying to help. Like, I remember what it was like to be human. I'm just trying my best. To go from, like, that to this seems, like, weirdly, like... I don't know, just something about her vibe. Maybe it's the new actress playing her. I don't know. But, like, Ruby's vibe in this first episode, it's like, oh, that is nefarious. Mm. Like, something bad's happening there. Like, this definitely does not feel like... To be fair, we are picking up four months post... Post, ...where yeah. season three left off. And we don't know what happened because in season at the end of season three, we didn't even know what had happened no. to Ruby. Yeah. She was just gone. And now she's back in a new vessel. Yeah. Oh, I um, I will say that Ruby is surprisingly supportive of Sam, of Sam, and like not telling Dean and like all of this sort of stuff, and like, but he's your brother. Like, I don't want to come between you. It's like, yeah, Ruby's a very interesting character. She's fascinating, and I'm really interested to see how like you feel about her going forward. And like, that's why I mean, I asked you about her in our yeah. like intro intro episode about your yeah. like characters because she is like such an interesting character, and like. She clearly hangs around for at least a couple of seasons. Like, she's not... Yeah, and she gets some yeah. significant, like, development. Like, mm-hmm. she's different. She's very different now. Even putting aside the fact she's in a new vessel, so, like, a new actress yeah. is portraying her. But she's very different now to how we first met her as yeah. well. And, yeah, like, her relationship to Sam is very much like a... She seems genuinely concerned for, like, not only, like, how he's handling things, but yeah. also, like, how she's, like, aware of the fact that this is going to be a difficult conversation for him to have with his brother and she's like aware of the fact that he doesn't want to put that relationship in jeopardy like she's very aware of that whole situation and it appears to be at least like taking that into consideration when like planning her own response to things and like i guess you could interpret that as like 
her being a good like ally, but you could also interpret that as her being like just a strategic and understanding that if she now draws the line in the sand and says, No, you have to pick me or your brother, chances are he's gonna pick his brother. Mm. So like So but I do think it's interesting because you could very easily read it either way. And yeah. I think either interpretation is valid. But she's a It could even just character. be a little bit of both. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, it doesn't have to be black and white. Yeah. Either. Like, it can be a combination. And, like, that is in itself even more compelling again. Yeah, so are you? do you have any, like, thoughts on the whole Sam Ruby situation on the Other Sam than it doesn't really... Psychic. Like, as much as Ruby is, like, very, like, weirdly supportive and chill and it does not seem healthy, just, like, full stop. Like, it seems very much like she is encouraging all of, like, the John traits in him, mm. which is, like, massive red flags. Oh, yeah, the like, justification just, of Sam in this episode. Like, just generally speaking, it's, like, that is that is not something that sort of seems like a good and healthy choice there, Sam. Yeah. Do you remember in Mystery Spot, I asked you, do you think this is how Sam would actually respond if... Dean died and you were like no I don't like I don't think this is realistic I don't think Sam would do this literally the reason I asked you is because it's exactly what he does like he completely cuts himself off from Bobby he completely does the like I'm a lone wolf I'm gonna whatever the fuck like the only difference is that in this scenario he has contact with Ruby in mystery spot he didn't I would like to make it clear for the record in mystery spot I said the only reason he would do this if is if he has someone he can blame because that's which why, would be Lilith. which is Lilith. So I wasn't wrong because I just didn't account for the fact that he would actually have someone that he could pin the blame on. Mm. The point is, we do absolutely get the jumpification of Sam. Yeah. So, like, that's exactly what he does. He loses Dean and then he just goes straight into like lone wolf mode. Like, he's like, sorry, Bobby, I'm mm. out. Even Bobby says in this episode, like, who do you think you are, your old man? And I was like, yeah, Bobby, you fucking tell him. You tell him he's being jumpified. But even then, like, Bobby is drinking and yeah. the least stable we've ever seen Bobby. Well, Bobby has just lost, like, and Dean says in this episode, and it gets me every fucking time, like, when he comes back to Bobby's and he's trying to prove to him, like, no, I am Dean. It is I, me, yeah. I am me. And I he, know all of this stuff. And he goes, like, you're about the closest thing I have to a father. and Which is fucking rich considering he had a father. Yeah, like, literally. <laughs> literally. But the fact that, and you could interpret it to be like, well, John's dead. Hmm. But I choose to interpret it as... Bobby is just the closest thing he has ever had to a father. But yeah, like, Bobby has lost his son. Dean has died. Like, that's a horrible loss in and of itself. And then he's also lost Sam because Sam has absolutely distanced himself and it's just, like, no contact. Like, and Bobby's fucking worried about Sam as well. Oh, I will say I did recognise a gift, like, a, a very gift moment from this episode. Oh, uh, the Holy Waterloo? Yes, Holy Waterloo. <laughs> and also when he's putting the salt on the window seal at the... Gas yes. station. Yes. I've seen that before. Right. A hundred percent. Also, my question is, have they ever accidentally sealed a ghost in with them? Like, because like, I know <laughs> in this case it is not a ghost. Like, that. that's not what... I'm just saying he's like, all the weird shit is happening inside the gas station. And he's like sealing himself into the gas station. Could you theoretically seal yourself in with a ghost? I guess so. I don't think it's ever actually happened, but I guess you could. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, they could just, like, step out the door in that scenario mm. and then the ghost is trapped in the building. But then if they accidentally disturbed the salt ring mm. and mm-hmm. they stepped out the door, like... I don't know. 
I, I theoretically, yes, you could trap a ghost in with you, I suppose. I, I can't think of an example of it happening, though. However, I'm glad you brought up that particular scene. Did you notice anything in the set design of that scene where he's pouring the salt on the windowsill? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I'm finding a Tumblr post right now. <laughs> because one of the reasons, like, this episode... It's a good episode. It's a good episode. It introduces cast that I obviously adore. I think that it's interesting in terms of like how we see uh, Sam and Bobby have coped. We have a new vessel for Ruby. Like I think it's a good episode. But the thing that makes me insane about this episode is the fucking set design. My good God. That it's just, it's something else. It's something else. I'm quickly realizing that while you may not notice the lighting, the sound design, any of the special effects, really, you notice the set design an awful lot. You're always like, oh, why did they have, like, an extra mattress? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I could not find the Tumblr post that I saved specifically for this episode, and I am mad about it because I saved it for a reason, and now I'm going to have to Google image everything I want to show you. But notice in the scene where he's pouring the salt, the word wing, which has been cut from another word on the side of the building, and here, the sign that would normally say positively no smoking, it just is cut to say positive no smoke. Because at this point in the episode, you don't know what it is that's going on, but they're telling you that they have wings, and that there's positive, and it's not smoke, which means it's not a demon. Okay. Like, there is shit in this episode that is baked into it okay so this is like when the set designers graffitied fucking you read too much into this in the yeah except that they also do this fucking bullshit yeah, like there is stuff baked into this episode you can split it into clear thirds based on the first second and third act do you want to know the color schemes for those acts the first act is green the second is red and the third is blue and it is when once you know that you go back and rewatch it, and I tell you, it's insane. The number of notes I took on this. Like, dude, I'm literally... Okay. okay, yeah. Okay, so you start off with Act 1, which is Dean, right? Green. The colour yeah. scheme is green. I've seen the little green and blue hearts. Yes, she's onto it. But they're putting red in the middle, so it's not destiny. <laughs> Look, here we go, here we go. So you've got green. Yeah. Green being of Earth. Yeah. Dean symbolizes humanity also he has green eyes he has green eyes yes green number one <laughs> but like if you go back and look at like the first that's third, sort of what i assumed the green was about like because like it is also about the eyes misha has blue eyes yes so it's like yes but it is like literally this ento- entire episode is it like heaven hell and earth yes literally so dean symbolizing earth, earth and humanity green, yeah he's wearing the green shirt he wakes up in the forest obviously everything's green he goes for the walk down the roads everything is green he goes to the petrol station outside of the door of which is green, green the yeah. floor of which is green everything around him is green right it's green covers my interior design okay <laughs> so you get like the positive no smoke yeah what, you know and then it's like everything is fucking green around him and then he goes to Bobby's. Also, I just want to say the fucking phone call to Bobby is hilarious. Like, he's calling and he's like, Bobby, it's me. Bobby's like, who's me? <laughs> Which, I mean, I um, love it. It's not like he has caller ID or something. Like, it's not the same phone he had before he was fucking buried. Yeah, like, exactly. And I also love Bobby just being, like, absolutely trying to kill Dean when he arrives. I think it's hilarious. 
But then once Bobby's calmed down, the walls in Bobby's house, there are two rooms. There's the kitchen, which is green. And then there is the study, like library area. Kitchen is goals. That is red. Like, it's crazy. Like, he's talking to Dean. He's doing the whole thing with Dean. Dean's telling him, like, you're the closest thing I've had, I have to a father in the green yeah. room. And then as soon as they're talking about Sam, they move into the red room. Bobby is wearing a green outer shirt with a red inner shirt. Like, when they're calling the phone company in the green room, the shot has a red bottle of alcohol in front of it because they're making a call about Sam. Like, this, it's crazy. And then... So the first three seasons, they were like, nah, man, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want. Now they're like, oh, we should actually think this through. Yeah, literally. Okay. Okay. And then they go, they find out where Sam is. They go to Sam. Everything immediately is red. The Including that hideous fucking hotel room. Yes. The love heart on the door. Red. They open it. There is red light coming through on everyone's faces. Everything is red. The rug is red. The telephone in the background is red. The fucking walls are red. Everything in there is red. Right? Symbolic of hell. Right? Everything. And then we get to Pam's house. And as soon as they're doing the seance, everything is blue. The light on Dean's face is blue. The light from the TV is blue. Everything is blue. The barn scene, everything is fucking lit blue. Like, it's insane. And then you just have Misha's eyes, which are like the bluest fucking shit I've ever seen. And it's uncanny. Like, and once you know it, you cannot watch this episode the same way. Every time, ever since I saw that post, which is why I'm so mad that I can't find it because I know I saved it. I know it's in our like light somewhere on our on our pod Tumblr because I specifically kept it there. Ever since I saw that post, I have not been able to watch this episode the same way. It is absolutely just like absolutely phenomenal job. It's crazy. Like even the diner where Sam and Dean encounter the demons and they're like trying to find out what's going on. The building is green with red accents. And then when Sam goes back later and meets Ruby and exercises the demon, it's dark. You can no longer see the green, but you can see the red light everywhere. I feel like you're not having the same brainworms about this that I have. Like, I mean, that's just the statement of the podcast. Oh, God. It's, it's literally everywhere. The only time that Sam gets a blue light is when he is interrogating the blinded demon about what she saw. And she is saying... This is it. This is the end. We're all going to die. That's when they're lit in blue. And it's just, oh, it's, mm, it's so good. <laughs> okay. So we've established, I didn't really look at the set design, at least not in that way, because no brain ones. I will want to, I do want to talk about the sound design a little bit. The, okay. So when they go oopsie doopsie, chose the demon cafe, mm-hmm. there's the bit where Dean's slapping the demon. Yeah, I don't love that. The sound effect on that is terrible. I hate it so much. It was a slap. It sounded like a slap. It was like 0.5 of a second. It happened like three times. It annoyed me every single goddamn time. <laughs> the one thing I noticed about said design in this was that the hotel room was fucking ugly that they find Sam in. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Also, I'm... I'm sorry, but like the way Ruby opens the door, right? We know it's Ruby. Yeah. Right. And she's like, oh, the pizza that takes two guys to deliver, which, like, perfect cover on her behalf. Oh, yeah, she aced that. But also, how are they not fucking suspicious when no pizza arrives? (laughs) I have no fucking answer for that. I guess they're just distracted by the fact that Dean is back from the dead. But, like, like, yeah, also, they're not even slightly suspicious. 
It's like, why is this lady opening the door to Sam's room? Oh, I think they just assumed like, that they they're were just, fucking... Yeah, I think, but, like, that hotel looks like a hotel that, like, pays by the hour. Like, I don't think... Like, there's leopard print wallpaper. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's, you know, a classy joint. I don't know. I thought the leopard print wallpaper screamed classy. <laughs> okay, I do want to ask a couple of questions. So, okay. obviously, like, we get a couple of shots... There's particularly one where Dean is like looking at himself in the mirror and like he's like sort of having like flashbacks to the stuff that we saw at the very start of the episode. I did actually make a note about that. Dean looking at himself in the mirror and having PTSD is something that will reoccur across the series. But I wanted to ask about it because he told Sam that he didn't remember anything. I made a note about that, which was, ah, yes, thank God you can't remember the trauma. Literally. I'm assuming, like, I feel like we've talked about this before, where you've been like, well, they have, like, things that they tell, like, they just basically go, like, oh, no, I can't remember that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think in season two, at some point, I said that I, I was surprised was... that they told each other the truth because I was so used what to What is and what should never be. Yes, 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 yes. Because, yeah, I'm just so used to this approach, which is Sam is full-on lying to Dean about what he's doing. Like, oh yeah, 100%. Straight up. And Dean's 100% lying to Sam mm-hmm. about what he remembers about being in hell. Because like clearly he remembers like a good chunk of it and it wasn't a good experience for him. No, no, not at all. And no, he's not telling Sam anything, which comes back on the whole like Dean cannot burden Sam, you know. Yeah. But Sam not telling Dean is something else entirely. Like I think it's both sort of like edged in guilt. For Dean, it's like the guilt of I can't burden Sam. That will make me like feel guilty. For Sam, it's like it, I can't tell Dean because it was. He even says in this episode, like it was practically Dean's dying wish that, that he, he didn't doesn't fuck do around. exactly what he fucking did. Yeah, literally, and like of course he went and did that thing. Yeah, and so now he's like, well, shit. But like you know, he thought Dean was dead. Which he is, didn't think he'd have to face any consequences for his actions. Which is really funny considering he actually, when John died, Sam was more proactive in making sure he didn't do something that his dad wouldn't have wanted him to do. Mm. But then Dean dies and he's like, oh, no, nah, fuck that just, shit, I'm getting revenge. Despite literally. the fact it was literally Dean's dying wish yeah. that I don't do this. Yeah. Though when John died, yeah, he was literally just like, oh, what would dad want? What would Dad want? Oh, Dad probably wouldn't want me to do that. But no, then Dean dies and he's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck around and do that one thing. Guess I'll fuck around and find out. Yeah. That one thing that could have probably saved him if I'd done it earlier, but also like he didn't want me to do it then, so I'm going to do it now instead. Yeah. What's interesting is we've talked a lot about how the difference between Sam and the other psychic children is that Sam had Dean to fall back on. No, he doesn't have Dean. And as soon as Dean is removed from the equation, as soon as he is removed from the equation, Sam spends four months fucking doing demon intensive courses, like with Ruby, clearly. Like, because when we left off, Sam hadn't even touched his powers in a year. Yeah, he hadn't had a vision in ages. Like, he had that four months later, and he's fucking exercising demons with his mind. I fucking called it, though. You did. I was like, it seems like a weird thing to chuck in there if they're not going to do anything with that. Like, I am glad they brought it back, though, because I love Psychic Sam. I have seen things on the interwebs about how they then just sort of forget that Sam was psychic. So I'm going to assume they're going to give it some sort of, like, caveat to his powers. That means that, like, he can't just use it to exercise demons because that would be too easy. You know, like, th- there has to be some sort of, like, 
trade-off that he's making for superpowers, essentially. Like, they have to have a reason. I hope they have a reason for just getting <laughs> rid of, like, because I do, I do know that I have seen posts that are like, oh, so what happened to Psychic Sam? I guess it was just done. I obviously can't say too much, but it's certainly something that does sort of trail off. But I personally was never that phased by it because of the introduction of other information. So yeah, I don't know if it'll stand out to me more on like a second rewatch specifically looking for it, but I'm I'm a big fan of Witch Sam as a headcanon. Yeah. So that's like a later seasons thing, but we'll we'll get there. But yeah, so the psychic plotline is one that does sort of come up and drop off and come up and drop off a little bit, yeah. but I love it when it's there. So yeah. I'm very keen to be back in a season where they use it because like we said, season three, they kind of just drop the ball on that yeah. pretty much completely. Like they mention it in like the first or second episode and then they mention it in the last episode and nothing in between has mm-hmm. anything to do with it. So I'm pretty pumped that going into the season four, they're pretty immediately like not only is Sam definitely still capable of being psychic, but he has like his abilities. Way more are, abilities than he's ever had before. This is it's not the same um as seeing Ava control the demons in the no. season two finale, but it's the closest we've come to anything like it. And even then Ava was pretty singular because she was the only one who really survived the Demon Hunger Games for long enough to like hone her powers. Like, yeah. Really hone her powers. Like Jake did a little bit, but look also he only he only really realized that his powers were something that he could hone beyond his super strength for like a week. Yeah. Like, and then he was dead. Yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty pumped that we get to see like what Sam is capable of. I think that's very fun because up to this point, it's very much been like, what is happening to Sam? And this is sort of Sam being like, what can I do? And I love that for him. Uh, he's getting like regaining some autonomy and whether or not it's like ethically or morally the right choice. I do kind of love it for his character to finally take this part of him where he's always been like, I'm a freak. I'm like a weirdo. I'm different. And be like, find power in it. I'm like, I can help people with this. Yes. He's like taking what he's always thought to be like a curse or a burden. And he's like, do you know what? I'm going to use it to do good. And like, and what gets me as well is the fact that they show him checking the the victim, the pulse, Yeah, which establishes that yes, it is like a, an exorcism sort of deal versus it's not like the knife like it's not like a knife where it's like okay the demon dies but the body does too like yeah this is an alternative this is the victim lives yeah so it's it's a whole nother so it's like you could argue about the ethics of him sort of giving in i guess to this like darker power but if he's using it to save innocent lives that the like Quote unquote, I like, think good it's guy fine unless they establish that there's like a caveat to the power where he gets like fucking addicted to it or something. Yeah, and like his like boundaries start to blur and his morals like start the dark to side go. of the force kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's fine as long as you don't lose yourself to this and then become power hungry and yeah, which is like what Ava did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, little Sam moment that I did love is when he. And Dean get into the Impala and the like iPod and the music and oh, the little yeah. like the little shrug. I love it. It's just so funny. He's like, cute. well, it was my car for four fucking months. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry, force of habit. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I also love the one-off line where Bobby asks Dean if he's okay, and Dean's like, yeah. Aside from the church bells ringing in my head, I did love that. I thought that was fun. 
And also... Also interesting that he specifically went with, like, church bells. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean... At this point, yeah. he doesn't know, so it's like... Yeah, it's... it's Fun coincidence, or is his brain sort of like his subconscious putting shit together that he doesn't consciously know? Yeah. Whatever reasoning, you know, you could give Dean for using that terminology, I think it's, like, a fun from the writers, mm. because, like... Obviously, like, we've gone into this knowing that angels are a thing yeah. and knowing that they're coming into the show and, you know, having a... Dean does still still does not at this point believe it. Also, at the time, the live audience had no idea. Mm. Like, this was kept heavy under wraps. When they auditioned people for cats... They auditioned him as a demon. They auditioned him as a demon, yeah. So it was, like, very much hush-hush. No one could know. So all of these little things, like, that I pointed out before, like the wings and the positive mm. no-smoke, like... All of those things are genuine foreshadowing. They are intentionally there because the audience didn't know. Mm -hmm. And like going back, it's so fun to be like to poke and like prod and see all the little hidden bits Mm -hmm. because you know it's coming. And the fun thing is this is the only episode where any of that is intentional. (laughs) But you know, if you go back to like Houses of the Holy or Faith, or literally any other one where you could argue there was some sort of angelic foreshadowing. Yeah. Or any sort of moment of angelic foreshadowing. Accidental. Was yeah. not intentional. Was not something yeah. that they had. Everything to this point exactly has been an accident. Yeah. Which is so fucking funny and will get funnier. Yeah. Don't you worry. There is so much that ends up happening that is just, like, retrospectively hilarious Mm. when you go back to, like, even season one. Even, like, the first half of season one, there's some stuff where you're like, whoa, that's bizarre that this wasn't intentional. Yeah. We also get an excellent line from Bobby where Dean's like, what other choice do we have? And Bobby's like, well, we could choose a life, which (laughs) I fucking love Bobby. Like, I love Bobby in general, but in this episode, he just has some really funny, like, quips. Even when he's like, you know, call me again and I'll fucking yeah. kill you. Like, that, I love it. I think it's just very fun. Obviously, he's furious because he thinks someone's prank calling him, but... And not only prank calling him, but prank calling him as his dead base school son. Like... Yeah, exactly. We do have a new title card as well because it's the new season. I did watch it. I don't like it. Okay, that's fair. It's a bit weird. It Like, I understand it's a stylistic choice, but also just something about it in my brain. My brain goes, no. Okay, that's fair. You know it's what I mean? Like, I can't, my favorite. I can't pinpoint what I hate about it, but just something about my brain goes no. <laughs> that's fair. I, it's not my favorite one. For one of my favorite seasons, it is not my favorite title card. Yeah. But title card quality doesn't necessarily reflect <laughs> no, season quality. Also, I do just want to quickly list through. There are a couple of lines in this episode which I just think are particularly funny given the gay angel. Everyone continuously saying that whatever pulled Dean out of hell rode him out. I just think that's a fun choice of words. With the seance, when Pam goes to touch me, he said, well, it didn't touch me there. I think that's foreshadowing and just funny. <laughs> I also think it would have been fucking hilarious if that is where he had grabbed him to pull him out of hell. <laughs> well, Pam is a psychic. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> it's kind of now. We've, we've decided. I also think that when the demon says, like, how come you get to walk free? He says, I like to think it's because of my perky nipples. Iconic. And it's a choice and a half. It's weird that's where his brain went. It's it's weird that already this is the... <laughs> it's weird that he didn't just say something along the lines of, oh, I thought it was my sparkling personality. Like, yeah, literally. It, no, his perky nipples specifically. And then also 
talking to Bobby about how he keeps getting like surprised with like Cass trying to speak to him not that he knows that it's just mm. that all the glass keeps shattering around him and the TV keeps turning all these things he says well I could either get my get caught with my pants down again and I'm like how has this happened four times how have we had four like vaguely sexual like <laughs> specifically <laughs> specifically this is a bit much anyway I just think that with future context it's very funny that there are so many implications without even trying. And we get Sam... Exp- oh, sorry. I'm, moving, I'm changing the no, subject. No, that's okay. We also get Sam specifically saying to Dean that he was immune to what Lilith tried. Yes. And Dean has this whole, like, oh, now you've got immunity thing. Which is interesting. It'll be interesting to see if that's linked to the immunity he had in Croatoa. And how that all kind of links together. Because what Sam is and isn't immune to is kind of inconsistent because like we've seen it's whatever the writers need it to be literally we've seen him get thrown across the room by demons before like so he's not immune to that but he is immune to like lilith's death ray but he's not immune. it's like to, i'm sorry lilith why didn't you just fucking magic like, stab him yeah like he's not an immune to blame yeah exactly and he's not immune to things that are getting telekinetically moved by demons mm-hmm. so I don't unless know. there's something significant about lilith's death fucking ray and like Sam can only be killed via but we know that's not true because Jake literally just stabbed him yeah and he was dead look it's kind of like that thing where it's like so many fantasy novels could be fixed with just like modern weapons but where's the fun in that you know maybe Lilith just forgot that she doesn't have to magic him to death she could just stab him a millennia old you can forgive her for forgetting corporeal weapons she's been in hell for a while I can see why you could almost just treat this as a pilot episode. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is this is exactly the reason why you could skip to season four and it'd be fine. Yeah, it's so you watch the recap and then I mean we've already established that you could cover everything in the first three seasons in like a dozen episodes. Like you could do that entire storyline in like well, it's even like we just said a single season in our season three recap. Like you don't have to watch season three. No. All you need to know is that Dean dies at the end and goes to hell. And then this episode makes fucking sense. The only other thing you might want to know from season three is that it's Sam really... meets and makes friends with a demon named Ruby. Yeah, that's literally it. Demon you need, like, Lord. the first and last episode of yeah. season three, Max. Okay, I do have a question. Oh, okay. Okay. So we meet Cass. Yes. yes. We're returning to Cass. I feel like this is the trajectory for the podcast from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, like how he normally return back to John. Like we're gonna start just returning back to Cass. Yeah, right, way we, better topic. Yeah, we meet Cass, and yeah. he's wearing the iconic outfit. Yes, I am under the impression that he pretty well just wears this outfit constantly. Yeah, we for, very rarely see him in something else. Pretty well, the rest of the seasons. Like every time I've ever seen like a screen cap or anything of Cass, he's in this outfit. Oh, like a variation of yeah, or a variation of. Does he just have like two dozen of the same fucking <laughs> shirt, tie coat? Because like. Dean fully stabs him in this, like, yeah, suit and he gets, like, completely shot, yeah. And he's, like, shot and, like, okay, you can't kill Cass. Cass is an angel. It's the same as, like, shooting a demon with a regular gun. Yeah. But, like, it still damages both the vessel and the clothing the vessel is wearing. Does he just have, like, I'm imagining, like, our flag means death and they go into Steve's oh, second the, wardrobe yeah. and it's just all the same. The auxiliary wardrobe, yeah. Yeah. How the fuck are these clothes surviving another 13 fucking seasons? I 
I don't think we ever actually get an answer that his clothes do change. Like he has like a different trench coat. At some okay. Point. Like they they do update. Like he wears different ties and yeah. like and stuff. It's all it stays relatively the same. Like, same basic pieces, just slightly different but colors, they change, slightly like, different colors. At one point, he has a tie that has like stripes instead of just Oof. being a block blue. I kind of hate it. I much prefer the block blue. People have opinions on his trench coats. Like, if Cass gets a new trench coat, that was, like, a topic of conversation for a good couple of weeks. Like, whether people liked it or hated it or, like, what. I am impartial to the original trench coat, if I'm being totally honest. It's my favourite. The others just don't quite hit for me. But his outfit, I mean, I'm trying to remember if angels can fix clothing. Because they can, like, they can heal. Yeah. Right? Because we mentioned, when we were talking about demon possession, Mm. I mentioned to you that, like, angels, like can heal, like, yeah. the vessel that they're in, mm. you know. So, like, the fact that uh, Cass's vessel, who you don't have a name for at the minute, got shot, like, mm. he could survive because Cass could literally just heal him yeah. from the inside out. Like, he's... It's a like, bit different to demons. Demons, demons don't could, give a shit. Demons probably could, theoretically, but they just don't care enough to... Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, Angel's is a bit different. Oh, although I am interested to talk to you about the ethics of demonic versus angelic possession. Because we do get from Cass in this episode that the vessel that he's in is actually a devout man who prayed for this scenario. Like, who was happy to to take this on, comparatively to, like, a demon who just kind of takes it. I would be interested in meeting the dude who was like, I'm going to pray to be possessed by a fucking angel. (laughs) Like, slight logistics question. Do they have to specifically pray for... Like, are they just, like, are they specifically praying for angelic possession or are they just, like, praying for, like, a miracle or something? They... Like, is it vague enough that it could not be angelic possession? Because why would you want to be possessed specifically by an angel? That's fucking weird. Angelic uh, possession requires consent. Okay. And because the way that humans and angels communicate is via prayer, Mm. so, like, if the angel requests to be able to take over the vessel then it technically counts as praying for it they yeah so like they have to then pray to be like yes please take my form essentially it's it's not like some dude just woke up one day and was like possess me (laughs) but like like there was a back and forth conversation that ended with a request or like with a confirmation yes please like take over my being to do so it's a little like like kind of like online dating i guess (laughs) although i hate that comparison (laughs) So you've got a religious man, right? Yeah. And your angel hits him up. I'm like, what, okay, Cupid? Yeah. Me? <laughs> and they're, like, they're chatting for a little bit. And then the dude's like, well, want to meet in person. Not the demon. The angel's like, oh, yo, want to meet in person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then the, the human's like, yeah, all right. And um, then possession, wow. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> no, like, yeah, so the, like that's where they like, think the prayer bit comes mm. from because there's, like, technically that prior conversation and given consent. Is prayer. And, yeah, and verbalised consent is, is actually key. Like, that's yeah. important in everything, but yeah. in this plot particularly. Yeah. And we do we do get more information about Cass's vessel. Okay. Because, I'm sorry, but to agree to let an angel possess you, that seems batshit. Yes and no. It seems less crazy with the context that, yes, they actually have a conversation before. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> I was I was out here imagining like every night someone goes to bed just like Jesus Christ I don't want to do my math exam tomorrow can an angel take the wheel no that's not that's uh, yes I can understand why you'd be confused no it's it's much more of a because excuse yeah. me human being I need a body have a for holy a bit. mission that requires my visiting Earth may I please borrow your 
earthly visage and then the person's like let's fuck around and find out and then they do we get we do get a description at a later date from like someone who has been a vessel for an angel mm. that it's essentially the experience is like being chained to a comet like it's just crazy because you're literally like a cosmic being is within you and like you just have no control but it's just like this in- incredible amount of power and you're just kind of there you've got that to look forward to <laughs> anyway i have a psa for today oh fuck yeah First one of season four. First one of season four. But any guesses as to what my PSA is today? The only one I can think is like, seek out support for your grief. Reach out to your loved ones when you're struggling mm. because they're there to, to love you and support mm. you and, and it's better than demon psychic practice. No. <laughs> okay, I had two. I don't know which one's better though. Well, do both and I'll pick. Okay. So my first one is stabbing is not an acceptable form of greeting. <laughs> really fun. I don't know how applicable it is necessarily to everyday life. Uh, I think that's very important. I just learned a valuable lesson. And now uh, my Sunday plans have changed. So okay. there you go. Changing lives. And then my second PSA that I thought of was don't shoplift from little stores. They're probably owned independently and they can't afford the stock loss. But you should shoplift from major chain stores because fuck those guys. Fuck the rich. Watch that bridge. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Two very different takes. I agree with both. Okay, which one do you choose though? Which one's better? Um, I'm going to go with stabbing as not okay. uh, an appropriate form of greeting. Great, you can cut out the first, the second one then. <laughs> Look, I think the lighting design in this was really fun and really interesting and they did some really fun creative things. I especially did like, like the way they showed the angel wings. I think that was really cool. But like... I feel like the sort of colour scheme changing from like green to red to blue is not the sort of thing you notice unless you're looking for it. Yeah. Well, unless you're in like your dozens watch through and you like maybe 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 you spot like the wings on the door and you're like, oh like they be hiding shit in here. What else are they hiding in here? And that's when you start to notice like yeah. the you know, when they're talking about Sam, they're talking it's like all red light, they're mm-hmm. using red as like a significant yeah which interesting that they use red for sam because i understand that he has the demon blood right yeah and he's working with the demon and like yeah that but i just i think it's interesting that they are going fully red with his color scheme Mm. for that like you know like i don't know how to explain it it's like i don't understand why you would suddenly have his entire color scheme be red just for sort of embracing his powers Unless there is some sort of ethical or moral implication of him embracing his powers. Does that make sense? Like yes, it, that makes sense. It, it seems like an odd choice to go really hard on the red slash hell symbolizes yeah. Sam. If the only thing is sort of like this. Embracing of. The passive connection that he didn't ask for. Yeah. You know what fair. I mean? Like. It seems weird unless there's going to be some sort of side effect or implication of him embracing this. Like, it doesn't... Like, if him embracing that is all good and fine and dandy, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to go so hard with the... All of it, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Is that your... I agree, I agree, because I'm hitting too close to something and you don't want to spoil it. (laughs) I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Or is that you're completely batshit? Why are you reading so much into this? Just move on already, boys. I don't know, Jamie. Maybe, maybe not. It's like equal opportunity. <laughs> I think that either reading is correct. If you're looking at it, like, objectively, like, 
in your instance, you don't have any future context. Yeah. I think that because what they seem to be going for is this like contrast of hell, earth, heaven, like having the, the trio of characters blue. and having each one rep- represent like, a specific one. And I would understand then if that- of the three of them, Sam is the one who's going to get the hell connection because of the demon. But then blood, again, because of the connection to Ruby, Dean like, did just spend the last four months in hell. True. I can't really argue that point at the minute, but we can come back to that later. So, like, why why green for Dean? Like, we yeah. can come back to this at a later date. Although, if you want to look at it just from this episode's perspective, you could look at it as his, like, resurrection and green being, like, yeah. new beginnings, springtime mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, like, his, like, new life, I guess. Mm-hmm. You could look at it that way as well. Like, rebirth onto Earth, I guess. But there are other implications from down mm-hmm. the track that, like, retrospectively you can look back at i mean you could almost even frame it as like the green is sort of symbolic of yeah like the new beginning the the unknown and then as they sort of like assume that sam's done something with like a demon or had made a deal or whatever like they're leading to red they're they're transitioning to red Mm because their their leading theory for what's happening is demonic it's based in hell Mm -hmm. and then the third as they realize oh it's actually an angel it starts to transition to blue and every realizing it's angelic, it's of heaven. Like, yeah. and you could almost read it not that like that. Believes that no, but yeah. you could almost read it as sort of like that transition of like their understanding mm-hmm. as they go, versus having it be like, oh well, character specific. Yeah, <laughs> Dean is green, Sam is red, Cass is blue. Yeah, and honestly, either reading is like totally applicable. Or even like, then, it could just be like the red symbolizes nothing, and Sam just really likes the color red. Maybe, like, <laughs> maybe it was just the motel they were in. Just that was the color scheme they had, and they were like, "Well, we'll just go with it." Though, if we are talking about color symbolism, it's interesting then that the sign that says "positive, no smoke" is red, because mm. wings isn't red. No, whether or not that's just like I don't know what stylistically smoke. red is. It easier. To that, I don't know what the actual. I was just gonna say, I don't know what anti-smoking signs look like in the U.S. Because normally, yeah, they're normally black and white. Yeah, like with like maybe a bit of red on them. Yeah, there, but that could just be like this. Could be like when we were talking about in in my time of dying, we're like, is the exit sign always red? Yeah, because like for us, it's green. Yeah, so I don't know. It could just be that it's like a non-Australian choice, or they could just be making a choice for dramatic coloring or like the contrast with the green. Or they could be, yeah, like, hinting, like, at the transition to red. And, like, it'd be really fun if, like, it was meant to hint, like, their sort of understanding. And so it's, like, the red sign that should be hinting that it's demons because mm-hmm. it's red mm-hmm. is actually hinting that it's not demon. Yeah. I love this episode. I, like, I understand, like, ha- watching it for, like, as a first-time viewer. Yeah. Like, it being just, like, a very much an establishing episode. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like, it's very easy to see how you could just start the series from this point. Like, yeah. really all you need to know to understand the plot is, like, absolute bare basics. You could watch get from the Wikipedia. recap. Yeah, you watch the recap and you've pretty much got it. Because at this point, they're pretty well pretending that the Demon Hunger Games meant, like, jack shit. Yeah. Like, all of that fucking, like, Azazel was, like, putting, like, his entire heart and soul into that fucking experiment. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Jake went one, but now he's dead. Rip, I guess. Rip, I guess. I'm dead too now, so, like, it's done. They haven't mentioned Mm -mm. any other special children in, like, 
like maybe like they're probably just assuming that it's finished because like all the other special children are dead yeah. and Azazel's dead too mm-hmm. but it's kind of like uh doesn't I don't know it just doesn't feel like it's dead but also they haven't mentioned it in like yeah it feels like it hasn't been tied up well I hate that sorry <laughs> I don't like that at all that's really mean <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yes like I can understand like as a first time viewer like it's just like an establishing episode yeah but as someone who's watched it mm so many times like there is just so much baked into it and i'm so angry that i can't find that tumble post because i'm sure i'm forgetting things and like looking at it i can see how you like because i i do vaguely remember like the coloring does sort of like shift and like but also like as a first time viewer because you're sort of watching for like just the plot the plot and the characters and like you don't have the extra time to actually be like analyzing the set design as well you know what i mean at least not to that level it's one of those things where, like, as soon as it's pointed out, if you go back to it, it's just yeah. glaringly obvious. But, like, up until the point where you realise, it's just like, oh, it's just you watching the show. Yeah. Like, especially because it's not like, you know, the first half of the episode takes place in a green void. And then the second <laughs> half takes place in a red void. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's still realistic. Yeah, it's yeah. still realistic. There's still other colours. It's not like suddenly everything is either green or red. Like, it's just like, oh, no, there's a greater amount of green. Like, yeah. like not, it's not like they literally just did a green screen and then didn't take the green screen out. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, can you imagine that? It's like that one fucking scene from um, Star Wars where she's like, oh, I never knew there could be so much green. And, like, before they've edited in the planet that she's looking at, it's yeah. literally just a green screen. I kind of wish we got more gay angel. Is oh, that bad? That's, no, that's is that, not bad. Is that that's the universal that's, feeling watching Supernatural? That's a universal opinion. Like, I, it was all right. I wish the gay angel was in it more. It's literally just a synopsis of Supernatural. Like, it was fine. I wish Cass was there more. Look, y'all have hyped Cass up so much. That's because he's excellent. And I and love like, him. No offense, but like, I didn't get that from this episode. That's like, because he was there for five, five minutes. minutes. Yes, I know. And also, Cass ends up as a very different character than how he starts. It's so fucking funny, honestly. Anyway, if that is everything for today, how would you rate Lazarus Rising out of five? I think I'm going to give it like a three out of five. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Again, could I use more Gay Angel? Like, <laughs> yeah. I look, I was really pumped to watch this episode because everyone's like, oh, like you're going to meet Cass. Like you're going to love Cass. Like Cass is going to be like, Cass is going to be it. And I was like, yeah. And then he, like, I was literally like, I was this close to texting you. Like, I'm 20 minutes in. Where the fuck is the gay angel? Like, I was just sitting there waiting for the gay angel. To, and maybe maybe that was the, the downfall for me. I was sitting there waiting for the gay angel. Yeah. That I didn't notice anything else. No, that's okay. I think, honestly, it's one of those things where, like, the scene that Cass is in, like, that final couple of minutes is so iconic that you kind of forget that the rest of the episode even happens. Yeah. Like, there are full episodes that I'm, like, there's one called Free to Be You and Me, where I know that Sam does something in that episode, but I don't know what. <laughs> the only thing I remember is what Dean and Cass are up to in that episode. I, for my life, I would have to go back and, like, find out what the fuck's... I know that Sam's doing something. You know there's a parallel with... plot happening, I like... know that he's doing something, because whatever he's doing is not with Cass and Dean, but I don't remember anything that he's up to, <laughs> so... And I think this is, like, the same. I'm, like, I just forget what else happens in this episode because I'm so focused on the last ten minutes. It is, however, more fun on, like, you telling me that, like, Cass doesn't have to do this shit. Like, he... Yeah. Like, like it's not just, like... Because the way they play it in this episode is, like, you 
It could just be sort of his latent power, like just sort mm-hmm. of leaking out because, you know, the vessel can't handle the I whatever. think that's what it's supposed to be. But, like, but it, it, when they then retcon it later on and, like, he and doesn't he, have he to do it. He can just walk around normally yeah. without the lights exploding? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, this bitch was drama. Literally. This bitch was trying to impress his crush. He's like... Literally. <laughs> I'm so powerful. Look at my wings. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like... Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Okay. The next episode is titled, Are You There, God? It's Me, Dean Winchester. Do you have any thoughts, <laughs> feelings, predictions, fears? Well, I'm going to assume, like, doesn't seem like Dean's actually convinced that Cass is an angel. Hmm. Like, he, he's kind of convinced, but still, like, a bit like... He's all good things don't happen for no reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming he's going to pray to Cass at some point to try and get some goddamn answers. Mm-hmm. There's maybe going to be a monster. It seems like it seems weird for them to drop the monster of the leak format completely now. Yeah. And, like, they've already done the establishing episode on, like, oh, Dean's out of hell now. Yay. Like, if Dean's out of hell, does that mean theoretically they could pull John out of hell? They better not pull fucking John out of hell. We don't even know where John is. Because, like, he did that Presumably weird, in hell. smoke thing at the end of season two. True. I still think the show classes him as in heaven. I hate that. Yeah, same. But, look, here we are. Yeah, I think I think Dean's just confused. You think he's going to have a crisis of faith? Yeah. I mean, assumedly. Mm. Considering he pretty well thought that, like, God and angels and shit was complete hokey up to this point. Do you think they're going to tell Sam? I mean, here's the thing. I kind of hope not, because Sam's not telling them jack shit. It doesn't seem fair for him to tell Sam what's happening, but Sam not tell him what's happening, you know? like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'd rather they have no communication than a yeah. halfway communication? Okay, yeah. no worries. Either Sam comes clean and Dean comes clean, or I think it'd be really funny after all of this time and uh, fucking Sam being like, oh, yeah, angels are real. Like, because, you know, how's the whole, he's like, oh, no, 100% angels are yeah. real. It'd be really funny if now Dean goes to Sam and goes, oh, hey, look, it was an angel that saved me. And Sam's like, no, it couldn't have been an angel. Yeah. He's Absolutely like, his pick-me jeans are too strong. <laughs> and it's like, in his brain, it's impossible that an angel would save him, like, would save Dean, but not him. Oh, that's a bit fucking rough. I mean, to be fair, he's literally part of a group that we refer to as the special children. I honestly don't think Sam would do great, realising that he's not the specialist boy ever. Not to insult Sam's character or anything, because I think Sam's character is actually, like... I love Sam. Like, Sam, Sam's a good boy. Like, he's, he's, he's trying his hardest. Yeah. He's trying. But, like, also, I think it would be, it, like, it is slightly, like, he's so used to, like, Dean, who's sort of bent over backwards to make sure Sam had a good life. Like, Sam's yeah. just kind of used to other people catering to him. So I think it would be, like. Like a shock to the system. Uh, yeah. A, it, would, it would be something that, like, he's so used to people trying to cater to him that it would be something that would really throw him to not sort of be the main character for a minute, you know? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So if you would like to interact with us at all, any more than just listening to us ramble on in your ears for about an hour every week, you can always find us on our socials. We are chronically online. So we have a Twitter, a Tumblr, a Discord, a TikTok. All of the links are in the description. Let us know if you disagree with any of our takes. Let us know if you agree with any of our takes. Did I miss something in my dissection of the set design slash lighting? Did... Jamie and I completely misread Cass's entry. Let us know. Feel free to come chat with us about literally anything up to and including. Favourite new character entries. Because this one, this entry, like, say what you will, 
the dramatic flair of this entrance is pretty high up there. How do you think Sam would react to not being the specialist little weak boy? <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we have you back next week for episode two. Are you there, God? It's me, Dean Winchester. Bye.